0: The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church.
1: So, we are the Tijuana, Mexico Youth Missions Trip team. And so we want to take some time to talk about that. Uh, what a great trip that was. Uh, we had uh, just a great opportunity to do that. I will call up Cooper to come, uh, to come speak a little more about it.
2: Apparently, I am one of two. So good morning, everyone. Like Kevin said, my name is Christina. I had the privilege of being a leader on this trip, on the, the Tijuana, Mexico missions trip this summer. And oh, the pictures. Yes. <laughs> uh, as you can see behind me, we had quite an adventure. We were able to see God work in some really powerful ways. I'm sure you want to hear more from these uh, folks as well, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown of what we did in Mexico And then I'll pass it off to them as well So we had the opportunity along with several churches from Alberta to go and partner with a YWAM base YWAM is an organization called Youth with a Mission and they have a, a base in Tijuana one of the programs that they are running is called Homes of Hope where they work with families who can't afford to build a house for themselves to build them a house. And so we got to be part of a house build team where we worked alongside a family, spent three days working with them and were able to build and furnish a house for them, which was a, a very powerful experience. We also got a chance to spend a day at an orphanage working with some kids and getting to hear the, the vision that the people who are running this orphanage have for, for their community and for their The children that they're raising up as leaders, as well, and as they're raising them up and teaching them about Christ. So it was very cool to be able to experience these things. Um, One thing that I noticed very strongly as we're working in both of these places, one, one thing that I was challenged with was the amount of faith and the amount of openness that these people speak about their faith with. The family we were working with often would say things like, We've been trusting God for groceries because we don't have any or we've been trusting God for a house and you're here building this house because God brought you, which was challenging for me in terms of how am I trusting God with what I need or what I think I need, as well as being super humbling, as this is a super tangible way that we can see someone say, I prayed for this and God brought you. So in that, it was super powerful for us to be able to be a part of that process. One of the other things that I got to watch and see as one of the leaders on this trip was how God was working and working transformation in each of our youth. They're going to tell you a little bit more about this process in a minute or two, but I got to watch as each of them grew and was challenged in their faith, as they had the chance to step outside their comfort zones into new situations and as God revealed more of himself and his calling in each of their lives. As the trip progressed, I got to watch our team grow in community, to build into each other, to pray with and for each other, both with this group specifically and our other team members from Alberta. And I got to watch them minister to each other and as God used each of them to bless each other and to bless the people we were in in contact with as well. So uh, I'm excited that you get to hear more from them as well in a moment. Now, I have a good friend who I respect very much who often says um, in order for God to teach you something, he's often going to work it out in you as well before you get to that point. So walking into this trip, I very much had the mindset of this trip is about the youth. This is a youth trip. I'm going along to be a support, and I get to watch God work through these guys, which I did, and I loved getting to see, but... God had a little bit of a different plan and he showed me again that he doesn't just do one thing at once. So over the course of this trip, I hadn't been expecting him to want to do some transformation in my own life. So when he brought up the theme of his faithfulness pretty early on in the trip, I thought this was great. This is going to be a chance for me to be reminded of the, the ways that he's been faithful so far. And I'm going to get to see that in the lives of these kids as well. I didn't expect him to bring up situations where he wanted to transform where I wasn't trusting him yet to be faithful so God used the intentionality of the time away from a regular routine the chance to stop and refocus on him to highlight an area where I had been allowing doubt to take root doubt that God would work both in and through me as he says he will he reminded me through this trip that he's faithful even in the areas that I can't clearly see what he's doing yet and he reminded me that he's not just working in Mexico or on missions trips but he has transformation and blessing that he's working out in and through each of us as his body just as powerfully here in winnipeg and anywhere else he brings us as he is on a trip the reason that we are able to see him work in this way is because we stop and we look for it and so he has challenged me to stop and look for it as i'm returning as well before i hand the mic over to our team i just want to thank you all you as our church have played such a big role in this whole process in our preparing for this trip in our ability to go in the ways that you have been praying for us you have come alongside us financially you have blessed us with conversations with checking in on us with care packages and airport snacks and all of the the ways that you have been walking with us in this we know that God is using that so powerfully and we want to thank you so much for the ways that you have blessed us through this and allowed us to step into this
3: Good morning. So along with building a house and working in an orphanage, we also had lots of sessions and worship times in the evening. And one of the topics that we talked about was being sent. And what does it mean to be sent by God? So I was thinking about this and how you don't have to be sent halfway around the world to be sent by God. You can be sent to your next door neighbor, to your school, or to your work for God to use you. And so I was praying about this a lot and just asking God where He wanted me to be this year. And our speaker um, asked us who feels sent and told us to stand up. And there was a few of us who did. And I was really hoping he didn't ask me why I felt sent because I had no idea. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I stood up, and then he asked um, everybody else to, to pray for these people. And um, as I was being prayed for, I asked God to show me where he wants me to be and to tell me how he wants me um, working through this year to honor him. And I got this really cool image in my head of, of this really dark room, and I was standing in the doorway a bit. And behind me, it was just this crazy light. Like, I couldn't look back at it, because it was so bright. And I walked into this dark room, but I took a step back, back into the doorway, because it was too dark, and it was too scary, and I didn't want to go. But there was this voice behind me, and it told me to go, just go. So I started walking in this room, and I looked back behind me, and this light is following me. So I continue to walk. And the farther I walk into this darkness, the more light is spread, and um, yeah. So the more clearer this room got. So I I opened my eyes, and um, these these people stopped praying for me, and I felt so bad because I couldn't explain it because I was just crying, and the Holy Spirit was doing its thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so cool and just such a neat way that God had answered that prayer for me and. Um, It's just a reminder that God does answer prayers. If you ask him where he wants you to be, he will answer you. It may not be as clear as that image or um, whatever that may be, but it's so cool, and God made it really clear to me that um, this dark place is uh, my school, and he wants me to, to go back into the school year walking into that darkness with that light behind me with that foundation and that's such a reminder that If we let that light follow us that it will light up those dark places in our lives
4: Hey guys <laughs> I'm Josh uh, During the trip, I learned about trusting God Which is good because last week my team had a meeting about doing this and then they didn't tell me about it So I'm kind of doing this on the fly Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna tell you a story I guess because I'm kind of confused to be honest. I don't know what I'm talking about but When we went to the church I, uh, well, at the, at the camp, we were in a session, and the guy, I don't know who it was, but he told us to go write our testimonies somewhere, and we would share them in church, and God was like, hey, Josh, do that. And I was like, okay, I don't want to, but I might do that. So I started writing it out. I didn't finish it, and then later on the way to the church, God was like, all right, so you ready to share your testimony? I was like, what, no, I don't want to do that. He was like, I don't want to do that, God. And he was like, well, that's okay. You're going to do it anyways. <laughs> and then it's like, but God, I barely wrote half of it. He said, that's okay. Just, just do it. It's fine. So I get up there and it went fine. It was great. And, and I, don't, I don't know why it worked, but it did. It was kind of cool, I had like a little voice in my head telling me what to say. Because I sure didn't know what to say, because I only wrote half my testimony. Yeah, it was a good experience, yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah. Yesterday my dad was like, he's he's the singing guitar guy from about eight minutes ago. He's like, so Josh, what are you going to talk about tomorrow? And it's like, oh, okay, what? Please explain.
1: Hmm.
4: Hopefully, this fits the bill. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be talking about. <laughs> yeah? Okay.
5: Good morning. Something, going on this trip, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, And I didn't know what God was going to put on my heart through this trip. But going, as we were going through this trip and doing the build site and going to church and doing all of this, God really put on my heart just to really like show me who I am as a person and just know who, who he wants me to be, too, and just learn to trust in him a lot more and just trust that whatever he's doing, he's he knows what he's doing, and he's going to use me, and he's going to put me where he wants me to and to just listen to him when he's speaking to me and just, like, really, like, follow him, especially just, like, this next year as I just knowing what to do, whether going straight into school afterwards or taking time to go on missions, just to really just listen to what he wants me to do and not kind of just think about what I want to do and really also just pay attention to what I want to do, but also to listen to God and see where he wants to put me.
6: Hello, I'm Alexis. Um, I got to also go on this trip this summer with all these amazing people, and it was a privilege, and it was a really awesome time to just make really great friendships and get to know each other and get to see how God is working in incredible ways through us, and I know I experienced a lot of new things. I um, had not traveled very much before, so there was a lot of new things, and there was a lot of just Of a lot of learning about the culture and things like that but especially learning about um, god and who i am in him and where what he's doing in my life so that was super cool Um, one thing that god pointed out to me a lot throughout the trip was just how he can work in me in wherever i am and i got to see his love in many powerful ways from the prayers Of people on our team and the hospitality of the Mexican people to um, the powerful reenactment of the crucifixion that we had one night Um, these things showed me how much God cares for me and how he forgives me even though I could never deserve his love or anything Um, this also encouraged me to love and trust him and follow him more Um, hearing our speaker talk about who God is and who we are in him made me realize how awesome he is and how he wants to do amazing things in and through me. He loves me so much, despite the fact that I could never deserve it. Um, I'm so sinful and selfish, but he calls me forgiven and holy and his chosen child. And I know that what he says of me is true, even if it's not always how I feel. Um, I have the Holy Spirit in me, uh, which God has given me. And if I have the Spirit of Almighty God living inside of me, what's keeping me from living completely for him and sharing that with others. Since I was in middle school, I've wanted to go into missions after high school, but I realized on this trip that I've taken kind of a mindset of that's for after I graduate and that God's gonna do really cool things with my life, but that's after I graduate, I'm gonna go into this. And totally missed the fact that he can do just as amazing things wherever I am. Um, at school and at home and wherever he leads me. And the trip was super great and like I said, I experienced so many cool things as you can see from the pictures as well, but um, none of that would have been possible without God and all of it was for God. So um, it was him who worked in me and it was him who taught me so many things and he's the same everywhere. He's with me the same here and he can teach me just as well and work through me just as well here as he did in Mexico. Um, I know that I can trust him uh, with everything and as I trust him, he gives us little things first and as I trust him with those things, things like go and pray for that person across the room that you don't know, Um, he leads us into more things and he blesses those things and gets us to follow him in bigger and bigger ways. Um, It's not about what I can do because that's not very much. But giving um, God the little I have and knowing that it's not enough and saying God this isn't enough But I trust that you're gonna take care of the needs Um, They talked about that a lot at church the sermon was about the feeding the 5,000 and that stood out to me He said it's not about what you can do But it's about giving God the little that you have and telling him God this isn't enough But you can provide and you're gonna do amazing things because of that and so yeah, it was awesome to see how God worked through us in amazing ways throughout the trip. And I got to know some incredible people and journey with them. And I'm really thankful to all you guys for supporting us as well. And I'm going to pass this along to Kevin.
1: So thank you so much, church. Thank you so much for prayers, for your support of the fundraisers we had. We had a great time. The trip was pretty much flawless. There was no hiccups, traveling. I was really worried about that, but um, traveling over two borders with some minors, so it's, uh, you know, it worked out well. What this trip was, it's our church joining in with three other churches from Alberta. It was, it's been their trip for over 15 years, so we got to join in with other youth groups that we went down uh, to Tijuana. It's a YWAM base there, so that's where we stayed, but then they integrated a program with Homes of Hope And they had a speaker there. So this program, this trip was awesome. As you've heard, we've had sessions like a retreat, but also in the daytime, they said, get out, you know, go, go serve, go put into action. I love that as a youth pastor and that I could do that with uh, people from our youth group. And just a joy to be down there. So thank you again so much for uh, all the support and prayer. We had a great time.
0: Amen. As you can see, grades 5-6, you can go now to uh, children's ministry. Today's the first day of children's ministry, praise the Lord. We're off to a new start this year and a and, uh, new curriculum as well, the, the Gospel Project. And uh, we look forward to studying Genesis. That's what our kids are studying starting today. And so in a couple of weeks, we'll be starting that series as well. And uh, we praise the Lord. It was sure great to uh, hear Rebecca's testimony love that passage in zephaniah that she shared about how the lord rejoices over us with singing i love to hear the the team from tijuana that uh, shared praise god for the uh, fire of faith that is in our youth and for the leadership of pastor kevin just praise god for that as well this morning i'm looking forward to just sharing with you a little bit more of who we are as white ridge baptist church and our vision statement which was written many many years before i came is to be a family of believers who act justly love mercy and walk humbly with our god making disciples of jesus christ in our families friendships neighborhoods and among people of all cultures you can hear that there's a distinctly relational tone to that statement all the different relationships that are described we we compacted that in the mission statement that you'll see out on the wall In our foyer nurturing followers of Jesus Christ through healthy relationship we believe that relationships are very important and instead of just talk about them I wanted to share a story with you this morning that happened in the life of Jesus in John chapter 4 it's a very familiar story so we're not going to read the text but I'm going to talk to you about how it is that all five of those relationships were affected in the relationship in the encounter that Jesus had with this woman from Samaria Now, if you remember nothing else from this message this morning, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that you cannot and you should not go to the well alone, okay? The the message of this morning, the message that we want as a church to pass on is that no one is intended by God to be going to the well of living water alone. We were built for relationships. So let's talk about the story in John chapter 4. And uh, the story opens up with Jesus wanting to go from Judea up north to Galilee. And in order to do so, He had to pass through Samaria. Now Samaria was a place that most Jews tried to go around because there was not good blood between those two countries. As Jesus is passing through Samaria, it says in the Scriptures in John 4 that He had to pass through a town called Sychar. And that was a really important piece of real estate because that was where Jacob, the patriarch, 2,000 years earlier, had dug a well and had bought that land and dug a well. It was it was that well that he dedicated and gave to his son Joseph, okay, and blessed his son with that land. Now this is important real estate. The reason that John mentions it is not just to kind of get our Old Testament history in mind. It's rather, I think, to remind us of a deeply relational passage of Scripture and a deeply relational place in Scripture. If you know anything about the history of Jacob and Joseph, you know a lot already then about what dysfunctional families look like. Because that was sure a really dysfunctional family. And Jesus meets up at that well as he's sitting down. He's tired from the day's journey it's high noon, 12 noon, the 6th hour. And Jesus sits by the well while His disciples go into the town to get some food. And as He's there alone, a woman a woman comes all by herself in the heat of the day and she goes to draw water from the well. Jesus says to her, give me a drink. And she responds by saying, how is it that you, a Jew, could ask me, a woman from Samaria, for a drink. And then John gives us a little insight in brackets. In verse 9 he says, for the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. This is an 800-year-old schism in the people of God. Now this is an interesting thing. And the first relationship that I want to highlight to you of the five core relationships that we as a church deeply believe in is the first relationship is an intimate uh, relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's job one for us. We want everyone to know Jesus Christ. And that's where where Jesus goes with this woman. Because right after she says, who are you asking me for a, a drink? Jesus responds in verse 10 by saying, if you knew who it was that was asking you for a drink, You would have asked for living water, and He would have given that to you. Those words, if you knew, could be some of the most important relational reconciling words of all time. If you knew the mess that that person was carrying when they spoke to you so harshly, maybe you'd cut them some slack. If you knew the kind of burden that young person went through up until this time, maybe you'd realize why they're such a rebel. If you knew more about the people that you have friction with, if you knew some of the stuff going on behind the scenes, maybe you could relate a little better. And in this case, Jesus says simply, if you just knew who you were talking to, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I think that this first relationship is the most important because it connects us with the living God. Many people today are approaching Jesus the way this woman did as a consumer, thinking of what it is that that they could use or get out of God, the great vending machine from heaven. And if they just knew Him, you know what they would do? They would ask for something deeper than their physical needs. They would ask for living water that Jesus can give. We just knew. Isn't that, isn't that the heartbeat of our church, people from White Ridge here? Isn't that the heartbeat of our church? If you, if you just knew my Savior, that's what we go out into the world saying, if you just knew God the way I knew God, you'd ask Him for deeper things than you're talking about. And so that's number one. We exist to know Jesus. And we exist to make Jesus known. That's one of the core relationships we believe. And if people just knew Him, Jesus, they would sure fire a lot less scud missiles our way and at his the second later on in this conversation as Jesus is interacting with this woman it says in verse 16 that Jesus says to her go go call your husband and <clears throat> the woman answers by saying well I have no husband she says I'm single she does not want to get into that with this stranger from Judea or from Galilee and Jesus of course knows that she is carrying much grief and shame and guilt, whether it was her fault or not. But he identifies it. He just lays it out there. He says, you're right. You don't have, you're not, you don't have a husband. You, you've had five husbands, and the man you're now living with isn't your husband. Now talk about being socially inappropriate. Jesus is alone with a Samaritan woman. and Within minutes, he brings up her failed marriages, her grief and hurt. But I want you to notice this. I want you to notice that after Jesus has first of all addressed the biggest relationship that any man, woman, boy, or girl could ever have, that's a relationship with God, the vertical, he immediately goes into the most important horizontal relationship, and that's with your immediate family. And Jesus goes there because he realizes we're whole beings. He knows that in order for her to experience real grace, she has to experience in all of her relationships starting at home. And that's why the second most important relationship for us here at White Ridge Baptist Church is the relationships that are started in the home with marriage and with children and with with relationship in the home and in the family. And so we see and we pray for health there. We believe that nurturing followers of Jesus Christ... Starts in our marriages and in our homes and with our children's and our families And that's where we want to see loving relationships And so when we talk about 4hg the youth ministry for his glory or when we talk about Sunseekers, seekers the children's ministry from Preschool to grade 6 we believe philosophically that our role is not to do the job of discipling your children We believe our job is to come alongside That family and nurture them so that they can do the job of being disciple makers in their own families there was a marriage that I performed many years ago in Thunder Bay between a man and a woman. And a couple of years after the marriage, the man left the woman devastated. She was left with their only daughter. She was left with a huge amount of debt that was his fault. And she was left with the devastation of a broken relationship. And God met her in that time of brokenness in her relationships, in her marriage. God met her and he, he took that crisis of her life and used it to shape her and her faith into a newfound rock that she could stand on. She had grown up with fear and abusive home life in her childhood. She had gone through a failed marriage. Now she had no self-esteem in that moment of her life, but God began to rebuild her life. And as she experienced Jesus Christ and His healing in, his, in her life, she felt called back to her home country, El Salvador. And she went back to to begin an orphanage in El Salvador. She took some training. She moved back home. Several years later, we, Pat and I, had the privilege of visiting her here in Winnipeg in our home. And it was like meeting an absolutely different person. This woman, Cecilia, is now running an orphanage in El Salvador. She is a completely changed woman. God took the, the stuff of her life, as broken as messed up as damaged goods as she was god took her and made her whole again and brought her into a ministry and that's what jesus is doing healing broken lives and often it starts that brokenness in families doesn't it every one of us knows that intuitively that's where it starts we're all about that we want to be about that and grow in that now there's a relationship in this text that's not addressed directly but But I want to identify it. It's a third relationship that we believe is important, and that is authentic relationships within the church family. What would we call church for a Samaritan woman in this text? Well, we would probably call church the other Samaritans of the village of that that believed as she believed about Jacob and Abraham and so on. And yet we see in this context that she was absolutely removed from that group. She was isolated. She was ostracized. The women of that village normally would go out to get the the water from Jacob's well. Early in the morning or after sunset, they would usually go in a group. By the time midday came, families were usually in their homes having a light lunch or waiting until they opened up again for some of the business of the day. But this woman, all by herself, in the heat of the day, has gone out to draw water at Jacob's well. It tells us that She had experienced church and had been hurt by church. It tells us, like so many Christians today, so many people are going to the well alone, aren't they? There are so many people, I believe, in our city of Winnipeg who yet believe in Jesus Christ, but they don't like His people that much. They yet believe in Jesus Christ, but they're not connected to His body. A church, a local church a visible expression of him and I believe that's a sad sad commentary on how we do relationship folks And so I understand that in our culture today church can be difficult you might be here today because you're checking us out you're trying to see how we do church you're trying to see if there's any way that you could rebuild some relationship of faith have a faith community have your needs met grow in this context I'm glad you're here And in a few minutes, Pastor Doug Friesen is going to come and he's going to be sharing with you more of the vision that we have for the coming year, more of how we try to create environments of relational connection so that you in that context will find something that you trust enough to go to the deeper level of more intimate relationship and vulnerability. Because we know that walking into the building of a church like this does not make you any more close to anyone else around you. And if you're not going to get close to someone else around you as you journey out your faith and work out your faith, you're not going to grow as Jesus Christ wants you to grow. You were not designed to go to the well alone, folks. Next relationship I want to try to describe that's so throbbing in this text is the is the relationships that we believe, meaningful relationships with people of other cultures. We really believe in that. That's why we have English conversation circles. That's why we do mission trips. That's why we support those who who have been raised up among us, like Courtney, who are in missions. And you know, this, this, this text in John 4 throbs with we, they, doesn't it? She says, you Jews believe we Samaritans believe this when the disciples come back from getting food what what do they say to Jesus what are you talking to her for you know this whole scripture is throbbing with racial Ethnic division, we, they fragmentation. And Jesus Christ has come to earth to dissolve the dividing wall of hostility, to make one people out of all ethnicities. One day around the Lamb of God in heaven, we will be worshiping with every family and tribe and nation and ethnicity under heaven. We are going to be one people under God. And Jesus has come to create that. I want to say to you this morning, if you are among us today and you are from another culture, if you are among us today and you are from another religious background, I want to encourage you, this place Sunday morning, you can come and join us here. Or Wednesday night for a meal, you can come and join us there. We want you to know that sometimes what people What happens to people in journeying toward Jesus Christ is they need someone to journey with them in friendship. And sometimes it's in, it's among the company of believers that someone starts to understand who Jesus Christ is all about and understand the book he gave us. So I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're in that place, you don't, you don't even identify as a Christian yet. That's fine. You be, you be part of us. It's okay for you to belong before you believe. so praise god that you're here the final relationship that we believe in that's listed here i I see in this scripture and that is this woman in verse 28 says it says leaving her water jar now I, i want you to know that when the disciples come back to jesus at the well she immediately leaves her water jar and goes away now everything everything in this text to date would tell me this woman is ticked off She wants nothing to do with this Jesus and His friends. She even leaves her water jar she's so ticked off. That's almost the impression we would get from the text. But what do we see in verse 29? It says that she goes back to the town. She finds her friends. She says, come see a man who told me everything about my life. Could this be the Christ? And they all join her and go back to the well to see Jesus. We believe that we're meant to be in caring relationships with our neighbors and our community. We believe that we're not only meant to follow Jesus, but to make Him known and to bring others to the well so that they will know Jesus Christ as well. And so those are the five core relationships that we believe in. I'm going to ask Pastor Doug Friesen to come now and share with us more about how the opportunities that we have this year are coming. Doug, God bless you.
7: As uh, each of you can. connecting point brochure. And I'm not going to go through the whole brochure to talk to you about the events, and you, are, you can read that for yourself. What I want to talk with you about is the intent behind these events. And for me, one of the key passes of Scripture when it comes to how do we live together as a church family is the scenario where Jesus was with his disciples, again, just before he went to the cross— And he looked at his disciples and he said, Today I call you my friends, because what my Father has given me, I give to you. And I've shared with you before that that, to the very core of my being, is is the definition of friendship I'm trying to aspire to by God's grace, is to receive from God so that I know what to give to others. Not to try to do things in my own strength, but to say, Lord, I need to receive from you for myself, and then others need that. And so when I think of the things that take place in our church, you can just see a bunch of activities, but we need to think of what is the intent. And one of the intents is to create environments where we can experience Christ's friendship together. Christ didn't just say that to Peter or to John. He said it to his disciples, and he says it to us. He says, I've called you my friends. And we need to create environments where together we can receive from God so that we know what to give to each other and to others who don't yet know Christ. The other day I was reading from the book of Titus, and Paul writes these words, "'All who are with me send you greetings. Give our greetings to our friends in the faith. Grace be with you all.'" Isn't that a wonderful phrase? Friends in the faith. God wants us to extend greetings, extend love, extend Him to others to the extent that we've received him, to give him to others. So the other intent that goes right with the first one is to create environments where we extend Christ's friendship to others. And those two intents have to be together because God has created us to be not only in relationship with him, but with each other. They have to go together So when you see events, you can just see an event and you can say, oh, I need to go to a study. I need to go to do this. But these this is the reason why we want to do things, to create opportunities where this can be experienced. So as you read through this Connecting Point brochure, I hope that you will find one or two ways that you say on your calendar, there's something that fits that you can go to so that you can learn, but also so that you can invest in others and build relationships where Christ is experienced among us, where you are nourished and you are also equipping and encouraging other people. That's the heart behind ministry that we do here in White Ridge Baptist Church. I'm so glad that if you guys remember a year and a half ago when we were thinking of moving to this building and saying, why would God have us move here? There's maybe lots of reasons, but one of the reasons was we said this journey will mature us as a church family. Hopefully, by being here, we can spend different time together and enjoy time together by being more intentional in our use of space and time. One of the things we said we wanted to do was to simplify our calendar a little bit by having more activities on the same evening. Not all the activities, that wouldn't be possible, but more of the activities. So on Wednesdays, we've always had English conversation circles here. That's a wonderful ministry to reach out to our neighbors who are new Canadians to show them tangible friendship and love. So that takes place on Wednesdays. As Kevin Schuler was up here before, youth is now switching to Wednesdays. They're going to make use of two-thirds of the children's ministry area and the main auditorium. And then precept Bible study, which before was a a, a women's study that happened on Mondays, we've made it to be on Wednesdays because the study itself isn't made for women. It's made for everyone. And we said, why don't we just have a Bible study for anyone who says beyond the sermon series that we go through in Genesis, I want to know God deeper through his word. Why not make it available right after come to the table, right after the meal that you could go there? So um, on Wednesday nights, as I mentioned, this Wednesday is the start of Come to the Table, which is our weekly meal together. Food is served from 5.30 to 6.30, and we need to have things cleaned up by 7 so that other ministries can begin. So if you'd like to come and share a meal here, we have six teams who work very hard every time to make a good, wholesome meal here. We needed to go to our website, go to the register online, and by tonight, click so that we order the food. We order the food Monday, it gets delivered Tuesday, the teams come Tuesday night to do prep, and it's served on, on Wednesdays. And we have six teams We had 17 people yesterday be trained in our kitchen. Before that, we had 60. And we have 14 people who have their food handling certificate, their official training. In less than a year, a hundred of you have prepared to help with food in our church. Amen to that. And the value of that, again, isn't just eating a meal. It's what do we want to happen around that table, and we want to honor our Father together and we want to grow in our friendship with each other. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we want people who don't yet know Christ to be able to come to the table, feel comfortable and welcome there, and get a taste not of just good food, but of the Holy Spirit. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. After the meal's over, you're going to have your food here, but instead of having dessert inside this room, what we're going to ask you to do is to bust your your dishes like we did before, but now we've decided we're going to have dessert... At the solid grounds and also here at the cafe at the Ridge, there's going to be dessert like cookies, finger food, and coffee so that you can move from here and mingle and linger longer. We want you to have the chance to meet one another, to talk with one another. we are intentionally have like conversation helps if you want over that area. We're going to have board games in that over here. The main foyer is just open to socialize. Get to know one another. And one of the things that really excites me is that area that says Life Path Seminars. That's between our offices. And we are going to have one-session seminars that will change in topic based on what we see God doing in our midst. And when we see that God is doing something, we will offer a seminar to help us keep moving in that direction. Because when God leads, we follow. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how we can do that when we plan out a whole year and then say, God, sorry, we've planned you out of it. We need to be able to be flexible and we need to be able to follow the lead of our Savior and we need to discern his voice together. That's where confidence comes. That's when we can trust that we're moving in the right direction because it's not just me discerning it, it's us discerning it. And I know my shepherd's voice and I follow. I don't care what happens after because my part is to be faithful and I need to be faithful with you and you need to be faithful with me. And when we get together in these environments, this is what is meant to happen. Each one has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for the building up of the church. You and I need to come prepared to share not some brand new idea we thought of, but whatever we've received from God, we need to share with each other. Praise God for the students who came up this morning. It's not easy to come up here and share your heart with other people, but what God did. But they did that. Now, can you imagine if you were sitting at a table with them and they started sharing and then you started sharing and all of a sudden you realize the Holy Spirit is in this conversation. We need to do that. You know, between Thursday and Friday, I hit a, a low point. I was just exhausted. I was tired physically, spiritually, emotionally. Woke up in the morning and I, I was able to get some physical exercise. It was really good. But I started having that as the deer pants for the water, that's sometimes a good thing, but when you're exhausted, you start panting if you're actually looking for Christ, and the first thing that happened when I opened up my Bible, and I spent time with God and his word, was I read these words from 2 Timothy 2 verse 1, it said, so then my son, be empowered by the grace that comes from Jesus Christ, I almost broke down and wept. I spent 10 minutes just thinking about God's grace towards me and how what God asked me to do is give his grace to others. I hope that blesses you today. I don't know if it does, but that's what God gave me to give to you. As a church, we want to grow in our devotional life. We want to be able to... So that's just the question here. What has God given you recently that you were meant to give to others? Do you understand that again? If God gives you something, it's not for you to reservoir it. It's for you to overflow it. That's how we mature as a church. So this is the last point for today. And that's that as a church, we want to grow together in God as we work through books of the Bible. And we're going to be going through Genesis. There will be helps along the way. But we also know that for some people, you don't, might not have a regular devotional life, or at least one that ties in with what other people are reading. So twice a year, we use the same devotional to make a, a shorter study, 12 weeks or nine weeks. And we're going to start this the first Sunday in October. We're make it available to you. It's My Atmosphere's Highest by Oswald Chambers. It's a really good practical devotional to help you think about Christ in day-to-day living. And we'd encourage you, buy it for $2. It's the cost of the printing and start add it to your devotional life or use it to jumpstart a devotional life. But then what I ask of you is this. Who could you invite to journey through this devotional with you? Or our sermon is with you. But this devotion, who could you invite to join with you? And that core of friends, maybe you say, I have good friends, but we rarely ever see each other anymore. Life is just so busy. Use this as a help. Say, you know what, our church for the next nine weeks is going to go through this devotional. Can we at least commit to meeting during that time? And then see from there. Friends say, yes, let's do that together. I think that would be good for our friendship. Set your times, make your meetings, use this to help your conversation. It doesn't. It's not the be-all, end-all. The be-all, end-all is to share what Christ has given you to give to your friends. And if some of you say, you know what, our core friends are willing to have other people just sign up and join us because we want to share our friendship with others. That's what we call seasonal life groups. Seasonal doesn't mean that it just ends after nine weeks. We have some seasonal groups that have gone for four years. They just recommit all the time throughout the year, giving people a break to say, you know what, I go on winter holidays. I can't be here the next couple of months. But can you ask, just think of this question, who can you invite to journey with you, whether it's through the devotional or the sermon series? I pray that will be of help to you. And uh, I hope that this coming season, up till now, till Christmas throughout the whole year, will bring much glory to God. Please stand with me and we'll close in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace towards us. You have made us aware that we can have life in you. And what we need to do is to abide with you. And it is easier to do that together. Lord, we do so much stuff alone But you have designed us, Lord, for belonging to you and to each other. And you have designed us to extend that invitation to others. And that's where much life is. Lord, would you empower our church? Would you empower us, Lord, to spread your love to everyone around us, no matter how they respond, so that you might be glorified, that we can experience joy and others might enter life. We ask these things for the sake of Christ. Amen. Have a good week.